You're listening to Being Well with BU, a Bournemouth University podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Being Well with BU. I'm your host Ella and I'm joined by my regular co-host Kerry. Kerry, it's lovely to have you. Thanks Ella. Hi everyone. And this week we're joined uh, by a captain from the army, Niall. Niall, could you just introduce yourself, please? Hi there, everyone. Um, so I work currently in the training environment, training recruits, and I've got a background in infantry and traveling all over the world, working in various stressful conditions. And now particularly, I'm a mental resilience instructor at the phase one establishment that I already mentioned. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, I think resilience is something that um, is becoming an increasing concern. Um, university at the moment we are obviously in very challenging times for for everybody students and staff um and learning a little bit from uh, the resilience training that that you guys do i think will be really helpful for all of us um so to kick things off what does um mental resilience mean to the army so that's it's a broad brush thing it's obviously integral to what we do performing under stressful conditions is really important. Um, and what people tend not to realize, they sort of assume that a certain type of person joins the army, they go through, they get toughened up a bit, and that's the way it goes. It's not quite how it runs. Uh, we're able to turn pretty much anyone who's willing uh, into the tough individuals through the techniques that we teach and we then test, um, some of which we can sort of outline here. And then we're tested in more sort of extreme conditions. We get them on high wires. Uh, we get them under stressful conditions on, on physical training. All the shouting and screaming that you associate with army training has a purpose. It's to stress them and then we teach them how to deal with that. Um, and there's a lot of these sort of things which can actually be taken a lot more broad brush. And it takes its lead from sports science and just the experience of the army overall on operations. For me, that sounds really interesting, Niall. Um, I'm really interested in in the stress element of it and how you would approach, I guess, you know, training others or helping others to understand the impact stress has on resilience. Right, so we build, so military training for one thing is a very gradual process and we increase the stress very slowly. Something also people probably don't realize is very, very slowly ramped up. In terms of stresses, we teach a lot of acceptance. I think the big thing that people often don't realize with all these negative emotions, positive talk, is you can't get rid of the negative thoughts. It's pretty much impossible to do. Um, so we teach uh, something called the CAR model. I have to remind myself to ensure that I definitely get it right. But it's quite a useful thing. Um, we teach the recruiters it's an acronym we use for them to simplify it. You're curious, so you notice the emotion. You accept that it's there. You then label it so you know it's a stressful or irrational thought uh, and then you learn to accept it and then you move on so there's we don't teach the recruits to block it out there's this whole like blocking out pain thing. you can't do that you only have to accept it understand that it's either temporary or it's irrational uh, and that is huge um, you can't train robots and robots are not useful to us anyway so and is that thing that i think maybe for the students to sort of understand like particularly now you can't block those those negative things are going to happen you just need to recognize when a thought is particularly negative or particularly irrational um and you do know that in yourself but i think when you try and block it out um 
it's quite well known um and it's the, fa the famous example is always don't think of a polar bear and then the first thing you think about is a polar bear so trying to block out emotions doesn't really work you just have to accept them and um, we do that a lot um so thinking back of i've had a recruit on terrified of heights about in 10 meters up on a high wire and we just say right you're going to be scared you're going to be shaking you're thinking you can't do it but you can do it you're attached to a safety line you know that that's just an irrational thought and eventually we got him off there it took quite a while but we did get him off there he did make the jump so it's those sort of things yeah i think that touches on um quite a lot of the things that we've talked about previously in this podcast series you know we've we've used the expression before that it's okay not to feel okay like it's 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 fine to have those negative feelings and to recognize them but it's kind of how you respond to them that that makes the difference is that is that broadly what you're kind of getting at yeah it is it's definitely what i'm getting at uh, but also linking that back to how we link up to stress we expose them to stress and the opportunity is it to skill set these mental uh those mental abilities mental skills um with your students maybe they might be not willing or not ideal scenario for them to be exposing themselves to them but then again if they know they are going to be there is some value in exposing yourself to to stressful position positions that you know which are stressful to yourself and then dealing with it and, and building up your own self-control so we use adventure training it's very well known that the army does skiing climbing everything else and we do that to expose them to stress i mean high wires and climbing up a wall isn't that close to soldering but the stress level is um and that that could be really valuable and just pushing yourself a little bit out of the comfort zone just a little bit gradually to practice the techniques can can mean a lot obviously that's that's fairly broad brush and you mentioned student nurses that might be an area that's that works for them um if we're talking about mental health there's some different things i can talk about um that um recognizing of course i'm not an expert in that area can i ask um just on the this sort of the situation of you know if you find yourself in that stressful situation and whether that's sort of 10 foot high about to, to jump off something or whether that is just in your room you know thinking from a student's perspective they're in their room they're feeling overwhelmed um how would you talk somebody you know talk to somebody about that or what sort of advice would you give to somebody who is just at that point where they're just feeling so overwhelmed they're not quite sure Probably, you know, if you're thinking about the sort of the calm element, you know, it might be sort of more clam than calm because you, you get the, the acronyms the wrong way around and you're thinking, oh, what was it next? I was curious. And then, oh, no, no, no. Was it accept or label? What sort of advice would you give to somebody who's, who's you know, who's trying and has found themselves in that stressful position but just can't really see a way out? So one, one piece of advice I give straight away, and I should say that this is not from the syllabus. This is from experience. Um, both personal and with advising people out, outside of the army as well um people often say i'll talk to someone which is really important i would actually say before you talk to someone um to understand the clarity of thought write it down it doesn't matter what you write but write it down because that process can then and you can even refer back to it and then that makes it very easy there's some cliche things like the full breaths um, we do practice that, that works very well. There's having a positive place in your mind, that works really well. What's important to recognize, and when we talk about a skill set and about those different skills, it doesn't work the same for everyone else. And yes, I've given the exa example of 
high wires or whatever else. A lot of the other stresses here, so we have guys turn up who have no drama with that, have no issue with bare net lane, have no issues with shooting or pushing themselves on PT, but then they can't stand up in front and present, which we get them to do here. They struggle being away from their families for 12 weeks without contact. Struggle being in the block. They struggle with the high tempo of life here, the early mornings. So it's recognizing that actually just because my car model that I've suggested there doesn't work or you can't remember, that, that doesn't really matter. I would say the writing down thing seems seems to work for pretty much everyone. I've never come across someone who hasn't felt better when they're write, writing it down. When you talk to someone, you can spiral out of control a little bit. Um, I do say that is true. It's talking to someone is vital and the social element is one of the pillars that we teach here, um, particularly because this job is a lifestyle job. It's not, not a normal job, it's a vocation. Um, but I can't stress enough that you need to try different things. And just because one thing doesn't work doesn't mean it's always not going to work or something else that's not going to work or it's not going to work in a different scenario. There's There's loads of things you can do. I really like the, the the advice around writing it down, because one of the things that we find sometimes and, and not just with students, but with any adult really is um, is self-advocacy and really being able to sort of describe or articulate how you're feeling and what it is that's bothering you and what's causing you that stress. So writing it down is, is definitely something that can help you visualize you know, what it is that's causing you that stress. And then maybe you sort of have that more of a rational way of looking through, okay, you know, this is what's upset me. Well, what am I really worried about? Um, Well, I'm worried about failing. Okay, well, let's break that down. And you you then start to get to, I guess, some of the solutions or some of the what needs to happen or what information you need to know. Um, So yeah, I think that's, that's, you know, just echoing your advice there about making sure that writing things down and fully understanding what it is that's making you stressed or you know causing you to feel stressed um, is, is fully understood. Yeah, I'd agree. And I think you know stress can come in many different forms, can't it? Like we have really stressful events or stressful things like being scared of heights and being at the top of a, a wall or something like that. That's a, a very clear stressor. But a lot of the time, some of the stress that we feel is more protracted, more long-term, less easy to identify. Are there any tips that you have now for um, for dealing with that kind of stress, the more long-term, um, many things piling in kind of stress that is probably what I imagine a lot of people, staff and students alike are feeling at the moment, that kind of overwhelming, there's so much going on kind of stress. So this will be a slightly different area of expertise I'm drawing on here. So. I'm not going to draw on recruit training because what they do have is things are relatively broken down. They have their next target. They can meet the next thing. When you've got a lot of things and it's, it feels like it's not in your control, but it kind of is out of your control. That echoes more what I've experienced in officer training or in high pressure scenarios when we've got projects to do, to do plans to deliver tactics, that sort of thing. So I'm going to go more personal here. And I would actually say that a, it's a very simple one. It it is it is actually an MRT as well, but just break it down into the achievable. You know what you can hit, and it's amazing how quickly you build up that tempo, that momentum. There's something there you ha- can hit. If you've got a mil- if you've got a million things to do, just hit one or two, and then you'll hit three or four, and then before you know it, you'll start to break it down. Um, there's goal setting that you can do for really large tasks. 
I don't know if you're familiar with the smart model, model, but we use that a lot. It's used loads in sport. So like if you break a large task down into something specific, it's measurable, achievable, which is really important, and you're able to record it. So you, you're not, you're not let, letting yourself you say, I will do this by the end of the week. Uh, and it's going to be written down. And that's that, that time bound thing, which is where the T comes in. That that can do a lot. Breaking things down into the achievable can do can do wonders. I found that multiple times when I've had many things coming in from all directions, and and that's what I would I would lean on. Can I ask, are you finding at the moment that um, resilience and I guess you know self awareness and and for the recruits coming through to you, but also for sort of more established staff as well. Um, is it sort of the time that we're in at the moment? Is is it harder for people to draw on those strengths and try and think positively about um, the situation that they're in? Um, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. Um, it's different, um, certainly for the members of staff. Uh, we've got extremely experienced members of staff here, and. For for us, there's there's a whole variety of stresses that we've been exposed to across our careers, and it is something that develops. So the more experienced you are, the more experienced you are are in terms of stresses. And being away from home and isolated is quite normal for us. It's not unusual, um, and that that is part of that. With with the recruits, um, it. It it really depends. It, it's it's a case by case basis. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to comment on general trends uh, because I don't have access to data from across the group, and that wouldn't be my place to say. But I guess the good sort of message there is that um, with experience, it gets easier. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, at the same time, it, it can get anyone at any point. Um, but I go back to this as a skill, and like any skill, it can rust and like any skill you can improve over time. Um, the big thing about this formalized training that's come in, um, all of us, so it didn't, it wasn't in when I went through training, um, recognized everything that was in it. Um, it's just now now sort of written down um, and we can explain it more clearly. And there's a lot of stuff in there that you won't expect um, to be part of a cliche military training syllabus like mindfulness meditation, visualization. All of this has been part of what we do, particularly, for example, on the range for a very long time. Um, and it is more the broad brush recognizing where that where that fits in terms of the civilian mi mindfulness piece, uh, when where it fits in terms of talking to yourselves. Um, and and that, is, that, that is important. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure if that answers your question, but, uh, it's my best shot. You talked more about this kind of program being introduced recently now. Can you talk a little bit more about kind of what that looks like? So it's over the, the past few years. And when I say recently, I mean formalized uh, into a set syllabus. Um, it's always exists. The progressive introduction of stresses is what military training is but what happens now is they do get lectures from people like myself and we talk them through it and then they get the chance to test it um, and when they are testing it they're reminded of these acronyms and they're reminded of their lectures whereas before it'd be more intuitive it'd be more relying on 
our experience as military personnel to get them through. Um, where, whereas now that we are, they have booklets, um, and they, they, they're able to recognize it. And we're moving forward now into looking to helping families a little bit as well with that. And we're actually looking to run a podcast, not similar to this, to explain it and give them some of the skills before they turn up, because that is one of the big things for for all of them is is when they turn up. And I imagine that shock of capture could be the same for some of your students, particularly now that they're, it's not as social as it would be before. Um, so that and actually just, again, recognizing that there will be a shock of capture uh, is really important. Can I ask, because um, it, it's, it's fascinating. And I think actually, you know, there, there are some definite things that you're saying and some issues that you're saying that I think are translatable into you know what it's like being a student at the moment you, you mentioned about sort of podcasts and looking at supporting or doing some work with families is there a particular reason for that or is, is that just around the sort of impact that both stress and resilience and positive attitude can perhaps have you know either support from the family or impact on the family when the person isn't feeling so strong or resilient so with with this line of work anyway um you kind of recruit everyone involved because it is such an all-encompassing lifestyle but we are also here to support everyone who's involved and throughout the army it's always been the case any way we can increase our ability to support those individuals we're training we will do and this has been suggested and we're looking at doing it incidentally inside of the mrt syllabus one of the seven pillars we teach that build up strength of character is social support so the social bubble around you and the stronger we can make that bubble for them ultimately the better the soldier we get and the better the family is able to support them uh, when they're away or when they're back and also you've got this shock of capture thing this goes both ways 12 12 weeks away from your loved one can be quite new to people particularly if they haven't been for example to university and that's that's where there are those parallels and possibly um, in might be something worth considering for you guys if you're interested or at least getting it linked in with the parents because that, that is a vital part of it um, and social structure and social support doesn't necessarily mean I mean families come in different shapes and sizes it could be friends uh, it could be whoever um, but if those around you are able to recognize things as well it's really important obviously it's really important for us because with what we do is such an alien concept um, exposing a son or daughter for example to high levels of stress is not exactly what a parent wants to hear but so that they understand why we're doing it and actually sort of being cruel to be kind in the long run do you have any um advice about kind of how to maintain those social relationships those social structures that are so important for people that are really struggling with limited contact at the moment because of covid i, I imagine that's quite similar to recruits going on their kind of first 12 weeks or when you're posted abroad, things like that. Do you have any practical advice for, for how you maintain those social structures in those circumstances? Practical advice um, is quite limited, if, if I'm honest. My personal experience has been being away and making maybe like a call or or something every month or two, if I'm, I'm, if I'm lucky. I handle it different to other people. I like to focus on the task in hand and I, I certainly think there is a disadvantage to having too much contact because then you know what you're missing and it's um, you get stressed about things which you can't affect um, so I personally will focus at the job 
and then touch base and it will be more for my family than it is for me so some people are like that other people need support all the time um i think there is a there is a balance um i think it is important that a family recognize both sides of it um so then there may be students that actually are not getting in contact because they don't want to stress about their parents and actually they want to focus on their task at hand and some families who are going to really struggle to understand that um and then equally there'll be parents who would be like that but there's their son or daughter requires a bit more support um and maybe it's recognizing that and recognizing how how people are different and s some of the skills which i think is important uh, that's probably the best thing N not really practical advice um more more general advice it's it's i mean fairly unique you're probably going to have data wherever you are whereas we're not always going to have data so no, that's um that's a good insight there. I think you're right. It's important to uh what's the right way to phrase it? Kind of understand the expectations and, and the need on both sides. That that that's really good um really good insight. Just reflecting on, on what you're saying as well and, and the fact that everyone's different and so everyone's gonna have different ways of responding and different ways of managing. Um one of the things that sometimes is quite difficult for, for us at university is that the students who come to us are sort of, you know, if they've come straight from school or sixth form, they've transitioned into adulthood and it's sometimes it kind of almost feels overnight, whereas they're on their own, they're having to make those adult decisions and you know, do, it's a self-care but that they have to organize for themselves. And sometimes that's quite difficult for parents to understand and, and my son went off to university and it was really hard to start with because I was you know hadn't sort of texted me or anything for a few days and I'd be thinking oh well, you know wonder if he's okay and, and you, your mind just sort of goes off on on you know different sort of tangents but the, the transition to adulthood you know, adulthood as well for some students you know it works really well and they're brilliant and they're fine and they love it and they feel independent and they're in control and they manage things for some students it's much much harder because they're not used to having to do all of these things for themselves um again i'm wondering whether that's another sort of parallel whether you have any advice of, of how to manage that sort of transition whether from you know being sort of at school to university in that transition but more about life transition i guess and leaving your support system and then moving to somewhere where you have to rebuild it well i mean first of all we teach them everything so they they come here and they're taught absolutely everything because there's there's a baseline level um, and we get everyone from a 17 year old all the way up to 33 years old um so we've got people there who are experienced adults we've got people who uh, barely mean class as adults and the life experience varies hugely and they're very reliant on their immediate instructors i think once again in this scenario um change is a part is a part of life and adaptability is something that we teach and we try and ingrain into these recruits um and in the army in general uh, the one thing that is guaranteed about the army is it's going to change constantly and actually that's a guarantee on life but it's more extreme with us and i think that acceptance of change um is important and actually they, these students are going to have to realize that they're going to have to get good at changing and they're going to have to get good at adapting so whether that's tough love or not um it's it's probably as important as anything else um with us most of our jobs last two three years with them we can post it all over the world we don't know what happens during that period we can get short notice we can work weekends or we can have like loads of time off it really varies it's huge 
I, I describe it as the roller coaster of the best and worst job in the world. So we become very naturalized to change. Um, and, and with the recruits, probably the first thing, I mean, it's probably the chop and changing and the, the high stress, do this, do that, see how they react. The, where that becomes applicable, I think the, the, only, the only thing I can think of straight away is the, is the acceptance of change. Um, yeah, okay, it, it changes to be a student, but late, later on down the line, you don't know what life is going to throw at you. At you. Um, accept it, enjoy it. It's a chance to practice that ability to change. I think sometimes we forget to enjoy it. Actually, I think you can get so caught up in the sort of, you know, the, the fear of things going wrong or the fear that you're not doing something right or that you're, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. And for some people, that's quite that's quite scary. That doesn't sit comfortably with them. So um, I think, you know, the advice to enjoy it. I mean, we talk about taking opportunities, but we don't talk about enjoying it. And I, I really quite like that. Well, what I sometimes say to the young people and also some some of the recruits, because they're, they're frustrated. The last thing you want is to do uh, horrible hours of basic training and then you can't blow out at the end of it, is ultimately university as well, be it three years or five years, or I don't know how, your longest how long your longest courses are. That is actually a tiny snapshot uh, in terms of a life period and people do get too wound up. So understanding what is actually reasonable to stress about. Uh, that's great for us because like reasonable stress is like really ridiculously bad situations on operations. So we can always tell someone to stop flapping as we call it over something really minor, like um, screwing up a drill test, for example, which they always get wound up about or struggling to grasp a concept. Um, but there's a, there's a lot to be said for that generally. Um, I know stoicism is becoming really popular now um in the in the general sort of populace but it's been a huge thing for us for, for years it's never that bad it's really not uh, even in the current scenario especially for the students they're young they're at university that's a great opportunity anyway and worst case scenario it's a tiny snapshot of their lives it feels huge because proportionally it's huge right now but that's what i would say You mentioned stoicism there, Niall. For the uh, unphilosophically initiated among us, can you just explain a little bit about what that is? Well, I wouldn't go as far as uh, knowing the ins and outs of it. Um, I'm certainly not going to be able to quote any Marcus Aurelius at you. However, it's it's a sort of acceptance of how things are. Um, it's much more easily applied to sort of always look on the bright side. I'm sure there'll be some uh, philosophy professors watching this who probably give a better definition, a definition I'll probably murder it but the way it seems to be being portrayed is yeah it's that sort of acceptance enjoying the moment um don't get too wound up don't see don't see too much glory and all of that stuff and don't get too too caught up in your own ego but that will that will link in into why pe people are being stressed talk about opportunity opportunities being missed and opportunities being grabbed um it's just that I, I take it more of a calm acceptance and always look on the bright side, but ultimately not a lot of it matters too much. So is there any other advice or any other sort of thoughts that you have, um, particularly around sort of the mental health resilience and, and looking at um, 
any sort of tips or from your experience, anything that you feel that would be particularly beneficial at this time? Yeah, really basic one. Get outside every day. Get outside every day. Green space, no matter what. Um, do some fitness training, no matter what it is. It releases endorphins, makes you feel like you've achieved something for the day. Something we take for granted in our job because even now we're locked on a big green base. Uh, we get to move around, we get to be in nature all the time. Um, that is huge. That will make the world a difference. Uh, that can do a lot even if you haven't got friends around you. Uh, yeah, so um, cliche final bit of advice, do some press-ups. I think our, our Sport BU team will love you for saying that. Um, but I absolutely agree with you, just getting outside. And the other thing that I was wondering about, and, and I guess it's something that I don't know, it's, it's more regulated with the sort of life um, in, in the forces, um, but it's sleep and the importance of sleep. And if you're not getting enough sleep, the impact it has on your ability to, uh, to understand situations and understand your responses to situations is really impacted. Um, and I think sometimes we underestimate that. So that, that's an interesting one because uh, we're recognizing that more and more. We have an odd relationship with sleep in that we appreciate it because so we're, we're so often very much deprived of it. Um, and the level to which we're deprived of it is insane. Um, certainly, um, certainly when I went through, um, there's, there were periods, you'd be getting less than five hours sleep a night, a lot less. Um, and you really understand the value and you understand that you can fall asleep while you're standing up yeah, that is possible um and you understand how quickly and how really rather stupid you can get when you're deprived on sleep and the hallucinating all of that so i've seen the extreme end of it um also interestingly um i've seen I've seen a study um unfortunately i can't quote it um whereby they test the number of athletes and put each extra hour of sleep i think up to a ceiling i think there was, was a no even nine or ten hours was the upper point of the bell curve uh, where every additional hour of sleep was less of less injury um and they were doing the same amount of training uh which is very interesting from a physical perspective uh, we see it so it's so easy so we will see it when everyone knows they're a bit cranky when when they're a bit sleep deprived but like we can see it in the guys when we sleep deprive them they're barely operating and that's i mean we're doing that deliberately so that they can if they have to but we, we recognize the impact of that personally now I, i'm really strict with ensuring i do get sleep and actually i am one of these people who turn everything off at nine and then be in bed by 10. um and actually what people are underestimating is how everything we talk about like spokes in the wheel everything is tied in together so your mental resilience is tied to your eating it's tied to your sleep it's tied to your green time outside it's tied to your physical activity um it's tied to even your friendships because stress cortisol is less good for your training um it is all linked in and if you neglect one of those you'll just end up with a warped wheel and you'll just it, it doesn't work. Uh, all these things are linked. Sleep is actually really important. I would say that's probably the one where I wouldn't even describe it as a spoke. If we're using that analogy, it's more like the rim. It's the base. It's the it's the rock on which everything is built. Just because we um, really take it away from our guys doesn't mean we don't understand how important it is. In fact, that's pretty much why we do it. Ironically. Yeah, that makes sense. I've heard. Um similar studies um around sleep deprivation um particularly linking to uh, when the clocks go back or forward there are there's data to show that when that happens 
there's an increase in traffic accidents and just people doing stupid things and dropping stuff on themselves because an hour less of sleep really affects um really affects our ability to process everything and our brains to work adequately so yeah that's certainly an important one I I think for me it's I've learned a real you know I've learned a lot actually it's been a really helpful conversation um not only from looking at the sort of the calm process and and you know I like that emphasis on accepting and sometimes you can't control what's what's happening around you and you can't control how overwhelmed you're feeling but what you can do is accept it and actually put that label on it and then move on um and the other thing is around um really understanding the impact of being outdoors and you know and it's good to hear that the you know your your recognition of of sleep as well so um I think it's been really helpful and really do appreciate that you know there's only so much you can contribute um because of the position that you're in in, in, you know in your organization so we really do um we do we're very grateful for the you know the conversation that we've, we've been able to have with you last point if I if I may um I've been in training and associated with forces regular and reserve for about 10 years now. And one thing I've always seen is it's amazing how strong the supposedly weak people can be. And it's amazing how weak the supposedly tough people can be. So I wouldn't put yourself in a box either way. Um, I've certainly seen people come through this place, for one example, who when they turned up at the door, I did not think they were going to be a particularly good soldier. And then they pass off the square as the best recruit. And I've seen absolute units crumple and hand in their letter and then leave. So don't underestimate yourself. Um, There's always work to be done. And no matter what your base level, there's always work that can be done. Thank you for listening to Being Well with DU. You can find more Bournemouth University podcasts wherever you get your podcasts from. Or for more information, help and support, visit us online at www.bournemouth.ac.uk.